This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. After three years of work, our follow-up to the Meat Eater Fish and Game Cookbook is here. It's the Meat Eater Outdoor Cookbook. Wild game recipes for the grill, smoker, campfire, and camp stove. Here is your book for everything that's best cooked or eaten outside. From grilling to open fire cooking to Dutch ovens to smokers to barbecue to backpacking meals, to how to pull off the perfect fish fry, with pit stops along the way for lessons about Ice Age cooking methods and the best five ways to construct a cooking fire you can be proud of. And of course, we're focusing on wild game and fish here with over 100 recipes, including stuffed venison burgers three ways, wild duck with ahi verde sauce, a jerky made with cola, a gin and tonic made with fire charred lemons, and grilled frog legs made with a sticky sweet sauce. This ain't your normal cookbook, so be prepared to be surprised. Get your copy now. For more info, visit TheMeatEater.com or buy it wherever books are sold. Hey, this is Tyler Jones, and you're listening to another Big Buck Breakdown from the Element Podcast. What's happening, all my woods people? Today is a nasty day. It is uh, like 40 degrees cooler than it was yesterday, right? It is absolutely insane. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> and it is raining cats and dogs, catfish and dogfish, and it is just like nasty, dude. Yeah. I'm like, I wore shorts. I was like, yeah, I'll be good, you know? And uh, my my calves are pretty chilly right now. I would imagine. I had to get yeah. the car hard out today because it is getting chilly. Um not with a I at the end, it's with a <laughs> or an Y. E. Yeah, or a, you know, not Chile. But um, man, if it wasn't raining, it would be killer deer hunting weather right now. And yeah. to be quite honest, I just ain't into that. But I know that across the country, it has become killer deer hunting weather a lot sooner than normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of big bucks hitting the ground. In fact, we've got a buddy who smoked a toad. I mean, a true, like, big, yeah. big buck. Yeah. 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 I kind of wonder, is this the biggest buck that's been on a big buck breakdown? I kind of wondered that, too. I mean... I think it is. Uh, well, compa- Garrett, I, Garrett's was oh, right in there at the yeah, same... Yeah, that's right. Garrett's was, like, one of those deer with a lot of extra points and stuff. Yeah. And then, I mean, the buck from last year, Hugh, the nameless buck. Yeah. You know, it's going to be right We didn't technically do a big buck breakdown for that one, Not though. technically, but, but kind of. Kind we did of, a yeah. special episode. But anyways, yeah. the deer we're referring to is it's big. really large. It's our buddy Alex Comstock from Whitetail DNA up in uh, the great state of Minnesota, 10,000 lakes and about 10 million big bucks, apparently. <laughs> yeah. now, I don't know. There's a few around. He uh, has been working hard to get himself on this big deer. I know... Um, Last time we had him, what what day was that? We had him on in like late September, 
for yeah, a Bigfoot killed, breakdown? He killed early September, didn't he? Yeah, something yeah. like that. And he talked about going back and hunting this property that he killed this buck on. Yeah, he got it done, man. So yeah. his season looks weird to me now, I guess. But uh, <laughs> I don't know what really that cool. feels like. God, I know, me. I know. We're out here swatting mosquitoes, not seeing nothing. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So before we get to that, though, real quick, just make sure everybody knows you've still got a little bit of time to give a review on iTunes for our podcast. You get the podcast review and you have a chance, a good chance so far to win the Exodus Trek trail camera. Mm -hmm. That's right, man. So actually, uh, you have a lot of time to give a review, but only a little time to give a review to get the camera. Right. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, so you're okay. So here's the thing is when you give a review, it doesn't actually, sh- they, iTunes reviews your review to make sure that it's appropriate. And so it doesn't show up for a few days. Mm-hmm. So you got to get this in like at least three or four days prior to October 30th, which is the date that we're giving the camera away. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to have, we're going to, we've decided we're going to have some kind of a big buck breakdown or some podcast on a Tuesday, October 30th. And hopefully the winner will come forward quickly. We can send them this and they can get it out for the month of November where they can get a ton of good information to use uh, in the late season and even in 2019. So, yep. So get the get five-star review in so that we can get you a camera. That's right. So now let's get to the Alex interview. What do you think? Let's do it. All right. So on the phone now we have Alex Comstock from Whitetail DNA. Alex, things are looking good for you so far this year, I'd say. Yeah, it's been an all right season, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Man, like, I feel like at this point, um, you should be like, your title should be maybe co-host of the Element Podcast because you're like a, <laughs> such a regular on here now. <laughs> Spent a fair amount of time talking with you guys. I know, man. <laughs> we had like an epic long podcast in, I think, July this year, and then you've already shot two monster bucks, so it's, you know, it's, and, and I guess I just revealed it, but... You got into a pretty good one the other day. Is this like your biggest one? Um, I mean, score wise, he's my second biggest. Okay. But um, yeah. Cool, man. Inches. That's awesome. So you, you kind of roughed him out, I guess? Yeah, I did a rough, I did a rough tape to him. Um, I got him at about 152. So. Wow. 152. Man, that's a stud. Yeah. So what about the, yeah. uh, the dressed weight? Did you get a weight on that deer? You know, I didn't because where I was cutting them off, the guy, my buddy didn't have a scale, and but yeah. we all—I mean, there was about four or five of us, and we all pretty much agreed that he was probably you know two thirty to two forty. I mean, he was a big deer. Yeah, that's nice. a big deer. Yeah, so, awesome, man. So, wh- how'd it go down? What's the story? You have much history with this deer? Well, this so the backstory on this property where I shot this buck was um, it's a sm- small, about ten acre chunk of private that I had permission on back when I. Um, was like in high school and there was always big bucks on this property but you know kind of looking back on it i hunted it wrong and i just i had some cool encounters back in the day but was never able to get it done and then when i had moved out to north dakota um the just through a series of events i lost permission on the property um and then when i moved back i reached out to the landowner to try to regain it and um after talking to him and his wife and his wife was all concerned about like arrows flying around it was in the city <laughs> pretty close to his backyard i mean um but i had regained permission this summer and so immediately i mean the day i got permission i put up camera and uh there was three bucks that were coming in fairly regularly it was him 
one buck that was a little bit smaller than him and one that was a little bit bigger than him. And, uh, and so I knew of him. Um, I'd gotten only, I think three pictures of him in daylight all summer. And then the last daylight photo was September 3rd. So I actually, the, the bigger one of the three, the biggest one had showed up in daylight two times the last week of September. And so I was thinking that he would be the one that I'd see if I were to see any of them this mm-hmm. time of year. And uh, last week we had a major cold front come through. Um, after we had about four days of torrential downpour and really high winds, and then it kind of all went away. I went in and hunted, and uh, this buck was the second time I'd sat this stand, and he was the first deer I'd seen out of it. Um, and uh, first got eyes on him with about. 15 minutes left of legal light and he was kind of coming right at me and it just the whole encounter was i don't know 45 seconds maybe i mean he came in i got to get the camera on him he came right up the trail where i was expecting him to um so it was nice because i was like looking at that spot yeah yeah as he came into frame so it wasn't like i didn't get surprised so it's all it all happened how it usually never happens <laughs> yeah um, and he came in and then <laughs> He literally turned broadside for me, stopped, and I didn't have to stop him or anything, and then I just let him have it, and he went crashing off and died pretty much right away, and it just all was like a blur, you know, but mm-hmm. he read the script, and you don't get to say that very often. Yeah. yeah. No kidding, Especially man. in mid-October. Yeah. Yeah, man, no kidding. That is that is so cool. Like, you just mentioned, like, in mid-October. So, you, okay, so first of all, congratulations on being the first guy to be on a Big Buck Breakdown twice in one year. So that's cool. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Uh, but, like, what does this do for your season? A, do you have another Minnesota buck tag? And then, like, B, I know we talked to you about in the past, um, you know, kind of what your season schedule looked like with for, you know, heading south a little bit and stuff like that. You know, with this Big Buck down in Minnesota this early, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, that's a great question. Um you know, I'm going to take probably a little bit of time and just kind of relax. I mean, yeah. Um, get some content done and stuff, not have to worry about trying to sit every day, but yeah, eat um, some as far as <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. I got three deer in the freezer now. I'm good to go for a while. So, <laughs> yeah, <it's good>. um, <laughs> um, but now, I mean, like today after work, I'm going out, put up a few trail cameras, start trying to get, um, try to get some information for next year for 2019, mm-hmm. um, get cameras over scrapes and whatnot. And then after that, I mean, I don't have another Minnesota tag, so I'm done in Minnesota. Yeah. Um, I got Nebraska, so I just got my vacation approved last week, so I'm headed to Nebraska the 4th of November, and I'll be there the 4th through the 9th. Oh, that's going to be a killer trip. Season opens. <laughs> Those yeah. are good days. So the gun season opens there the 10th, so I'm kind of strategically planning that. Sure. So I have a, I'm feeling pretty, I'm feeling really confident about that, so... Cool. Um, but you it's kind of hard be. to not be feeling confident right now. <laughs> That's right, man. <laughs> you are hitting your stride, dude. No kidding. That's, that's that is awesome, man. So that's going to be kind of like your your big rut push. And do you have any late season stuff, or is that going to be is that a tag that like you can go back on late season? Yeah, I'll, if I don't tag out, I'll probably go back there again. Um, and then other than that, I mean, I got another doe tag here in Minnesota, so I'm going to shoot another doe at some point. Yeah. And then. Uh, that's pretty much it. I'm going to try to do as much planning as I can for 2019. I'll probably make a trip out to North Dakota at some point, move cameras. Um, I mean, it's because it's easy once you got a, you know, you're tagged out in states to just kind of be done. But I'm trying to think ahead and 
sure. At least I can have some baseline information for next year, not just pack it all up for the year. Yeah, that's cool, man. So, what what makes that property special there in Minnesota? Like, why? I mean, it sounds like it might be. I don't know this for sure, but is it like a smaller kind of urban or suburban property that yep, that you're hunting? It's in a city. Yeah, it's part of a it's part of a city hunt. So I mean, it's okay. in, it's smack dab. I mean, about a half hour before I shot that buck, I could I was watching the landowner play fish with his dogs. So yeah, um, it's right in there. But um, what makes it I think good is that it's a small piece and the public around it. So the city hunt's weird. Like I hunt public in the city, but it's a different zone. So you get assigned different zones and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so this is in a zone that I don't I don't have, but you can hunt private in any zone. And so the, the public behind it gets hit pretty hard um and no one's hunted this prop i mean since 2011 or 12 i'm the only person that's hunted the property and mm-hmm. so by state i mean i put that camera up right away but i only checked it i think twice and i mean between july and october mm-hmm. so i was really careful even even in you know people that's why i think the city hunt um people think because there's so many people around that they can just go in and the pressure doesn't affect deer well deer Still, I mean, these deer get, I mean, the other deer, the one that was bigger, I had pictures of him last time I hunted the property in 2015, and I think he's a seven or eight-year-old. So these deer deer are still super smart, you know? Right, yeah. And so I just pretty much, I went in, hung the camera. Um, I think two weeks later, I went and checked it, had all those bucks on camera. I hung the stand that day, and then I pretty much stayed out, checked it one more time on a rainy day in September, and that was pretty much it. Mm-hmm. yeah i think that was kind of a big reason why i mean there wasn't a ton of deer in this property like i said he was the first deer that i saw but there was a you know quite a few nice bucks coming through and so i think that was kind of a big factor yeah so i i have i'm just kind of curious and you may not want to dive into this too deep but um you know in my experience i have a couple of buddies who um i kind of helped them get permission on a property and then um through like kind of lack of contact um a few situation situational things they kind of just like kind of lost i guess permission on that property you know it wasn't like he would told them to go away or anything is that kind of a Mm -hmm. similar thing for you where you just kind of like got busy with life for a year or two and then and then just kind of lost permission or was it a different situation there no it was a different situation so i mean it's um, so like the landowner that owned it, he was actually, he was an older guy and he had passed away and then his son took over the, his house oh, okay. and the property and whatnot. And when the son moved in, his wife didn't want me hunting there more or less because she was, you know, scared of the whole hunting and they had kids and stuff. Gotcha. But I think, I think their kids were at the age where now they're kind of older and not as worried about it. So I had to, and that's the thing that's kind of an important thing too. They can even talk about It's like, I had to go meet with him, talk with his wife, you know, kind of assure them that I wasn't just some, you know what I mean? Kind of make them yeah. feel better. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. sure. And so I assured them, you know, she had said, if I ever found an arrow in the yard, you know, you're not coming back this much. And I was like, no, totally understandable. You know I mean? <laughs> yeah. We can agree on those so, terms, right? Yeah. yeah. So like, you're never going to find an arrow sticking out of the yard or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that like, um, now that you've harvested a buck there, Will that affect uh, your permission level in any way, good or bad? You know, maybe like you made an ethical kill on this buck and they see that you're a good hunter, so now you're cemented in there. Or, like, I'm using, I'm asking this personally because I have a place that's a little bit like that where yeah. um, 
the wife is a little bit uh, uneasy about me hunting the place. Uh, and I'm worried that once I kill a buck, she's going to have remorse that there was a dead animal in that place and is not going to let me back on there. So do you have in either of those two, do you think that's working in your direction? I don't think so. What I'm going to do is, I mean, I mean, I texted, I think when it comes to like relationships like this, it's always just to be good to be, um, upfront and then to be generous. So like when I say upfront, you know, I texted landlord that night, Hey, shot a buck in your property because you had lamps back there or anything just know that it's me you know so he was like oh thanks you know appreciate the heads up he's like send me a pic when you can you know set on the picture and he was like wow you know i didn't know bucks were that big behind my house Uh (laughs) (laughs) and uh i was like yeah thanks and then i'll probably the next week or two i'll show up um some evening with venison and maybe a gift card something like a restaurant or something for him his wife for letting me hunt back there just kind of i feel like that can go a long ways with people Yeah, yeah it's a great idea man um, you know, I had the, my dad and I started hunting on some family land in Kansas about 13 or 14 years ago, maybe. And a similar thing happened where we were shooting some pretty good deer and they're like, wow, that's a big one. You know, I don't think I've ever seen one that big. And next thing you know, uh, landowner's son starts getting to hunting age and, uh, we pretty much hunt on a different property now and it's not, there's no hard feelings or anything, but we just didn't want to step on any toes, you know? So, right. um, that's always kind of a scary thing when somebody sees that there's a big deer there, it can give them the, the big eyes, but hopefully that doesn't happen in your situation. Yeah, I know the landowner is a rifle hunter, but he doesn't bow hunt. So let's let's kind of maybe just hope that doesn't change. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's actually a really. That, I mean, at that point, because there's nothing. Let's say he. Let's just say he started bow hunting. You know, I'm gonna bow hunt back there now. I mean, you can't really get mad because it's his land. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah. So. I understand, man. Well, congratulations, man, and uh, yeah, keep us informed on what's going on with you this season. I'm interested to kind of see how. Uh, I've never had a season where I tagged out so early, so uh, I'm interested to see how that plays out and what it might look like for me in the future if I ever get to do that as well. Yeah, it's definitely a, it's a weird feeling, you know, like I'm moving this week just in town, but just from di- to a different house and just, you know, how it is with moving and you got all oh, the yeah. crap and I was all worried about that with hunting and I was like, I don't know. Now it's like, oh, well. Yeah, I'm moving all night because I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm good yeah. to go. Yeah, yeah. Timed so out well, feeling. dude. That's uh, good, man. Well, uh, let's make this thing a trifecta, dude. Go down to Nebraska and shoot another big <laughs> one and just come on back. <laughs> you know, I would love to do that. Yeah, so. cool. Well, we'll sounds see. good, man. I, I, uh, I'm i sure we'll be talking to you soon. So uh, congratulations again, man, and, uh, yeah, stay in touch. I appreciate it. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. <laughs> all right, see you, Alex. Man, that's a cool story, dude. It's got me all juiced up. I'm just ready for it to stop raining, really. I know it, man. I, I'm thinking right now, if it wasn't raining, I would hang up my tool belt and go out right now because it is <laughs> like, oh, it's so prime, man. You said the deer were moving this morning, didn't you? They were. The yeah. deer were going crazy this yeah. morning, and it really hurts. It hurts <laughs> down deep inside, but uh, uh, I just ain't into going out there and getting soaking wet when it's 45. So. Yeah, me neither. Not at all. I don't even like it when I have the ability to go back inside <laughs> and get warm. So, uh, yeah, so any more, um, as far as this goes, just make sure you go check out uh, Whitetail DNA. Uh, we have linked his video to this buck in the show notes. So look down below in the show notes, check that out. Also, don't forget the trail camera giveaway that we're doing. It's the Exodus Trek trail camera, and we're doing it in exchange for a review on iTunes. So the winner will have this thing 
announced on October 30th. Ooh, so it'll be to your house in time for the rut. Yeah, so remember that, and also remember, this is your element. Living it. After three years of work, our follow-up to the Meat Eater Fish and Game Cookbook is here. It's the Meat Eater Outdoor Cookbook, wild game recipes for the grill, smoker, campfire, and camp stove. Here is your book for everything that's best cooked or eaten outside, from grilling to open fire cooking to Dutch ovens to smokers to barbecue to backpacking meals to how to pull off the perfect fish fry with pit stops along the way for lessons about Ice Age cooking methods and the best five ways to construct a cooking fire you can be proud of. And of course, we're focusing on wild game and fish here with over 100 recipes, including stuffed venison burgers three ways, wild duck with ahi verde sauce, a jerky made with cola, a gin and tonic made with fire charred lemons, and grilled frog legs made with a sticky sweet sauce. This ain't your normal cookbook, so be prepared to be surprised. Get your copy now. For more info, visit TheMeatEater.com or buy it wherever books are sold.